Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Punters Pod on this Monday, January the 16th. You're with Jimmy Buckley ahead of a massive episode which coincides with one of the great fortnights in tennis and indeed world sport. That is the Australian Open down in Melbourne, which means only one thing. I'm joined by the Racing and Sports resident tennis expert who I don't believe we've spoken to since last year's US Open, the great Alex Steedman. Welcome back, Alex. G'day, Bucko. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, mate. Very good to have you back on. As I said there at the top, one of the more exciting two weeks in world sport to look forward to, mate, and and particularly exciting for you this year by the sounds of things. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Yeah, heading down to the Australian Open this evening. Um, Got Rod Laver Arena tickets for Wednesday night, so... Hopeful, hopeful that they put Rafa on that session, assuming he makes it into the second round, which isn't necessarily a complete given. And then, uh, yeah, spend Thursday, Margaret Court Arena day session. So you sh- should see some good players uh, both both sessions. And, yeah, look, I mean, it is the second round, but, look, if I can see a Djokovic or a Nadal on, on one of those courts beating up on a wild card or... <laughs> <laughs> Someone that's, you know, scraped through qualifiers, so beat. I, I get to see one of the best in the world and tell people I've seen them play when we discuss tennis in 20, 30 years' time. They're just iconic players, aren't they? Absolutely, mate. Do you think Nadal is a sneaky chance of being beaten in the first round then? Look, Jack Draper is definitely a talented player and I saw the odds $1.44 for Rafa to get through the first round. I don't think he'll get beat. I don't think he's been knocked out of a Grand Slam in the first round in about a decade. But yeah, it will be an interesting matchup and, and not really a matchup that you you expect to get in round one, but Rafa is a champion. He'll he'll be getting into the second round with little doubt. I better ask before we get on to the men's draw and the odds and everything, everyone's favourite Australian tennis player, Nick Kyrgios. What can we expect from him? I know he's been battling a little bit of a knee injury, which I think ruled him out of... Adelaide, but he's uh, certainly in the draw, ready to take his place. Oh, who knows what to expect from Nick Wright. Uh, tough, tough quarter. One that I really wouldn't want to be in. Yeah, when, when the draw came out, people talking about this much-hyped quarterfinal between him and Djokovic, but that's not even necessarily a given. Nick Kyrgios, he's got a young player in, in his section of the draw called Holger Rune, and this guy's a gun, and they're on track to meet in the third round. Cannot wait for that match. I think it'll be an absolute belter. I think the pity about that quarter that Djokovic has got is there are players like Kyrgios and Rune who could potentially go extremely deep in this Grand Slam if they weren't in that quarter. But, yeah, it's just absolutely jam-packed. Long story short, don't know what to expect from Nick, but, yeah, he's if he gets beyond the quarterfinals, he bloody deserves to be there because he will have had to have worked hard for it. A bit unlucky there on the draw by the sounds of it uh, for Nick Kyrgios and uh, I think a few of the listeners have probably seen the footage already of him riding along the streets of Melbourne on an e-scooter without a helmet with his girlfriend hanging on from behind. So he's already 
creating some waves of controversy, although that one's not too bad, I don't think. Uh, but I will say, wear a helmet next time, Nick. Showing up to Breakpoint Premiere, <laughs> red carpet Premiere in tracksuit and can of can of soft drink, Blake, whatever. He's you know. on fire. Some of them are showing up in tuxes, not Nick, though. All right, the men's draw. Novak Djokovic, as you mentioned. He's the odds-on favourite here. $1.83, 12 months on from not being allowed to play in the tournament. Uh, Medvedev, $7. Then Rafa Nadal on the third line there, $15 equal third pick with uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, Nick Kyrgios at $17. Uh, Felix Aliasime, $21 with Yannick Sinner and Taylor Fritz. A couple of the big hitters in there. Holger Rune, $26. We've already heard about him. And Kaspar Rude, $34. Alcaraz not playing, clearly. Does that sort of fall roughly about where you would have had it there, Alex? It does. I thought the men's tournament looked pretty clear-cut to me. Uh, Novak, I won't talk people out of taking the even money. He's won five of his past six tournaments since Wimbledon. Um, The only loss was... Uh, the final of the Paris Masters where Holger Rune beat him in three sets. But beyond that, he's barely lost a set. And generally, he's barely lost a set against the best possible opposition. Um, look, Rune, Kyrgios looks look like the probably first potential big guns that he'll face in the quarterfinals. But he just looks a cut above. I, I, think, I think the value can be found in basically banking on Novak to make it to the final and, and we find someone in the other half of the draw who can be joining him in that final. So who do you reckon that might be? Look, it, it's hard to find anyone else in the men's draw who's not prone to a bad day. Um, Novak's the king and it seems like the others basically take it in turns to pick up the scraps essentially. <laughs> Nick Kyrgios, it's in, unfortunate he's landed in that quarter because I think he could have gone deep in the other half. I think basically we're looking at Sitsipas and Medvedev to be the two players who potentially join Kyrgios in that final. Yeah, now how has Medvedev been getting on? I read an article that Medvedev is in a mini slump. Um, <laughs> I wish I was in a mini slump like him. He's, you know, I, I guess he's not necessarily been winning tournaments, but he's been going the distance with the best in the world and close matches as well. The ATP finals, he was going three sets with Djokovic, Tsitsipas, Rublev, you name it. Um, he's a good player. And, yeah, I think the quarter that he's in, it's it's Nadal's quarter. And, look, I think I think those two would be set to play in the quarterfinal. And I do think that Medvedev has been looking good, certainly good enough in the last six months to suggest that he'll, he'll probably have Nadal's measure on his way to likely a semi-final against Tsitsipas and potentially the final against Djokovic. But Tsitsipas, um, he's been rumbling as well. He looked great through the United Cup. Um, main dangers in his quarter. He has good records against them. Um, and yeah, I think the semi-final... Um, yeah, the semi-final between Medvedev and Tsitsipas, that would be an absolute belter. I, I can't wait to see that if if that's how the cards end up falling. Who do you reckon the crowd gets behind if it's a Djokovic-Medvedev final? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Look, I I, I enjoy Medvedev. He, he, he makes me <laughs> laugh. He, he doesn't 
He likes to be the bad guy, yeah. and I think he gets a bit of a kick out of being the bad guy. I think with Djokovic, he's been around a long time. People understand that he's probably getting into the twilight of his career. So I think realistically, Djokovic is probably the player that the crowd will be cheering for. But yeah, it has the potential to be a great match. It's a pass. If he was to make it through to the final, you can guarantee he would have support from all corners of Rod Laver Arena. It's interesting. I think all, all three players that I, I think could be playing in this final are polarising. Um, sits of passes on court behaviour can be questionable at best. Um, yeah, Medvedev, Djokovic, they all have their fans, but yeah, they all have people who don't really want a bar of them. So um, I, I think between the three of them, you, you've got the men's final pairing amongst them. And I think when I was last looking at the odds, you can get about $6 for a Medvedev, uh, a Medvedev-Djokovic final, and you can get, I think, something like $10 for a Sitsipas-Djokovic final. Um, so if you bank on Djokovic to take care of his side of the draw, I think you can trust between Medvedev and Sitsipas that one of them will get to where we need him to be in that final. That seems like very good value. Well found, Alex. I think that's uh, that's definitely the way to play it, based on what you've told us so far. Yeah, I think Novak's a machine, whereas he's yeah basically playing with against a whole bunch of other players who, whilst very talented, they're all prone to a shocker. And I think I think trust is a big thing there, and he just strangles players basically. Like they might pinch a set off him, but they would have had to have red lined to win that set. And by the time they step onto the court for the next set, they're they're fried, yeah. you know. And he's just he's he's unbelievable. He, it's it's fantastic for tennis that he's back in Australia. Um, forget all the COVID vaccination hoo-ha. Just enjoy a very good player being on centre court this summer. Well said. I think uh, I think that's the way to look at it. Now on the women's draw. Now this is interesting. Uh, I will say for starters, Eleanor Ribakina, the Wimbledon champion. I believe has to play a first round match on court number thirteen, <laughs> so just no respect there. Uh, and and we're talking about a draw here, which is very light on for Aussie women too, unfortunately. Now, uh, Iga Swiatek three dollars fifty and favourite, probably no surprises there. Arena Sabalenka eight dollars. Jessica Pagula eleven dollars. We'll talk about her in a second. Coco Gauff fifteen dollars with uh, Ons Jabur and Catalina Garcia. And then Belinda Bencic at $17, Ribikina $23, and it goes on from there. What do you make of this one, Alex? I think the women's tournament is a lot more intriguing than the men's. I think there are a couple of potential value plays in this women's draw. Uh, Swiatek is obviously the favourite, deserved favourite, but I think there is a touch of vulnerability there on hard courts. Uh, I think... She's a better player on slower surfaces. Uh, that's why I'm certainly looking for a couple of women in the draw who are, you know, crisp ball strikers. You know, when they, when they get a hold of one, they stay hit sort of thing. The first player that I was really honing in on is Jessica Pagula. I, I think she's a great bet at $11 to win the whole thing, Bucko. One of, a couple of the reasons why I, I think that is Melbourne Park courts, they play fast and they tend to favour those crisp ball strikers, namely US players. US women's tennis has been represented in 14 of the past 22 Australian Open finals. And look, if you want to 
fudge the numbers a little bit more. If you throw in players who were based there for most of their early careers, like Sharapova and Osaka, you're up to 18 of 22. Pagula, she's been flying. She looked great in the United Cup. So great, she even reduced Igaswatek to tears. Uh, beat her 6-2, 6-2. After the US Open, she won the Guadalajara Open in October and beat great players like Sakari, Azarenka, Andrescu. Hard court swing last August and September was strong as well. Cop some really tough draws. Uh, pushed Switek in the US Open quarterfinal. Uh, lost 3-6, 6-7. And records against her likely opponents in that quarter there. They're heading the right way. Uh, quarterfinal maybe against Sakari would be tough, as would a semi against Iga, but she's broken that rut now. You know, I think Iga had the wood over her for quite some time, but yeah, again, drew tears from Iga <laughs> a couple of weeks ago in the United Cup and uh, pinched a set off her, I think, when they met uh, not long after the US Open. So... Look, I, I was quietly confident about Pagula in the US Open. A um, little bit more confidence regarding her this tournament. Yeah, and $11. I like that price, Alex. Yeah, I, I do as well. Um, look, she she was, I think, about double that quote for the US Open. But look, in the last six months, I think she's taken another step, so much so that she's now ranked third in the world, new career high. And she's unfortunately copped a little bit of a tricky draw. That quarter is just loaded with those strong-hitting U.S. women's players. Uh, I think Madison Keys is in there. Um, Anna Samova is in there, who went deep in, in the Australian Open last year. But I think looking at Pagula's latest form, she's she's done what she needs to do to indicate that she can't go deep in this Grand Slam. So Jessica Pagula, $11 to win the Australian Open. Anyone else uh, that you like the look of there, Alex? Yeah, there is, Bucko. Uh, the other side of the draw, Caroline Garcia, in career best form. She's now number four in the world. Changed coaches towards the end of last season. And I don't know, change of coach, you always think that there could be a little bit of a honeymoon period associated with that. And what better time to have a honeymoon period than, than an Australian Open? Prior to the end of last season, she won Cincinnati, won the WTA finals, semifinals of the US Open. Really soft draw. I don't really care who she cops through the first few rounds. Likely Sabalenka or Ons Jabeur in the semis. And she has a very good record against Sabalenka as well. Um, has a game style that's just cut out for hardcore Grand Slam. Really offensive baseliner. Um I think that bottom half of the draw, you've got Jabir, Sabalenka, and Garcia, and those three have a bit of a rock, paper, scissors thing going on. Um, Jabir tends to have Garcia's measure, but Sabalenka has the wood over Jabir, and um, Garcia's been beating Sabalenka. So, look, the, the way that, in theory, this draw would work out, um, you'd get Jabir and Sabalenka playing the quarterfinal. Sabalenka would beat Ons, and then... It'd be a Garcia Sabalenka semi final, and Garcia's been in Sabalenka the last three times I've met. So, cure final, hopefully with Pagula. <laughs> hey, if, if you're feeling bold, I think a Pagula Garcia final is uh, 50 to 1, so, might be worth a look. Might have to have some of that myself. So, to wrap all of that up, uh, in the men's, Alex likes uh, a final which comprises, which includes. Either Novak Djokovic and Daniel Medvedev paying $5.50 or 
the Joker and Stefano Tsitsipas paying close to $10, which is pretty good value there. And in the women's, $11 about Jessica Pagula to win the Australian Open and $13 about Caroline Garcia to win the Australian Open. And they could well meet in the final. And if you want to just go straight for the jugular, that's paying about 50 to 1, a Pagula-Garcia final. And why the hell not? It's women's tennis. Anything can happen. I think the good thing about that bet, all going to plan, is you'll get a bit of value for money about the 50 to 1. You know, Hopefully you get some entertainment value into that second week. Absolutely, mate. Look, enjoy your week down in Melbourne. I do certainly hope you get to see Nadal in the flesh or the, or the Joker. I think it's going to be a good couple of days for you, Alex. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. We'll talk to you sooner rather than later. We might get you in for some NRL chat. Uh, that's fast approaching. Yeah, a bit of super coach bands is always good fun. Sounds good, mate. Enjoy your week down there in Melbourne. We'll be back with you later in the week. And until then, happy punting.